here we go, another edition of Top Rope Report as we recap Hell in a Cell. Here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a live edition of the Top Rope Report here on Facebook Live, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor. That's right. You don't you have to name them all. That's all right. And we have a few others that uh, we're on as well, which gets distributed by Anchor. So I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia, and joining me every week as usual, my co-host, oh. my tag team partner, my best friend, <laughs> the best in the business, who looks like he just poked himself in the eye. I just punched myself in the eye. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Greg. Greg, welcome. Hey, Trib. Ah, uh, so Hell in a Cell in the books now. Yep. One pay-per-view that we talked about that, that I mentioned to you during the week that I didn't think was going to be that good, but it exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it really did. It really did. And I think that's kind of the almost seeming like the norm for WWE. When you get yourself all pumped up and excited about a pay-per-view, it, it shits to bed. And when you know you have pay-per-view like this that you just, eh, not much interest in, it, right. it knocks it out of the park. I mean, even some of the... Matches like, you know, Mad Cat Moss and stuff like that. Even those were interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it was a a really good pay-per-view. Like I said, you know, to everybody out there watching, we we go over the matches, we talk about it, we give them our grade, and then we grade the whole pay-per-view afterwards. And sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. But uh, what stuck out for you? In the, in, the, in the cold card. The the overall quality of the matches. I, I mean, there wasn't one bad match on the entire show, in my opinion. Right. And the crowd <clears> was <throat> into it. Yeah. Well, it was Chicago. You know, yeah. you, you could have two, uh, I think you could have two buckets of water wrestle in a ring in Chicago and they'll be excited. Right. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was, a, it was a match, it was a pay-per-view that, you know, there was only... Seven matches, WWE really didn't, you know, throw a lot of it together. You know, they didn't keep adding matches to it. They only had seven, and they knocked it out of the park, I believe. Well, I mean, only seven. I mean, it, was, it wasn't, it was just a regular premium live event. It wasn't one of the big four or anything like that. So, you know, seven or eight matches is normal. Well, why don't we why don't we discuss? Do you want to discuss the results of our prediction show first, or do you want to do that after? Um, no, we can do that now. Thank you, Tony and Sonia. Um, the 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 winner, um, with a near perfect prediction show, was DJ Mister Twenty Four Seven. The only, I mean, other than his unadvertised surprise, which I don't, I don't, I mean, that's just a guess at something that might happen. Um, but of the seven matches, the only thing he got wrong was the fact that he predicted AJ Styles was going to take the loss from Edge, but it was Finn Balor. That's five points. So, you know, um, on top of that, he wound up getting the first match prediction right, um, which was the women's triple threat match. 
And then our special time bonus, he came within 20 seconds of the exact time for the Hell in a Cell match. So right. he won He won the pay-per-view show. Um, I came in second. Mrs. 24-7 came in third. Yours truly, the illustrious Mr. Trivia, came in fourth. Um, Tony Black came in fifth. And Little Nug had a horrible showing, and he came in last. Um, and because he came in last and DJ came in first, overall, Mr. 24-7 is now in first place um, with 16 points. Little Nug has 15. I'm next with 12. Tony Black and Mrs. 24-7 each have 9. And then Mr. Trivia is still the caboose with 8 points. But as we just saw, if hypothetically speaking, next premium live event, DJ just does horribly and, and you know, winds up in last place and Trivia wins, he'd be within two points of first place. So, yep, so you know. Change just like that. Yes, yep. So those are the current standings. All right, and by the way, folks, I'm patient myself. So, alrighty, so let's get into talking about the matches. Okay. Um, as we said, the first match was the women's triple threat match. Um, Bianca defending against Becky um, and Asuka. Um, who's going first? I will let you take the honors on this one. Okay. Um... I could sum up my opinion of this match in four words. Match of the year. This match was a great way to kick off the pay-per-view. Um, premium live, whatever, the show. Um, I, I've always stated you want to put a match in the beginning to get the crowd fired up. I never consider ever thinking that they would do a throwaway match or let's get it over match first. Um, you want to get the crowd electrified, and this was the 100% perfect match to do this. The thing that these women did in that ring were just excitingly fantastic. I mean, Bianca Belair just shows her strength every time she's in the ring. Um... She's getting much, much better at selling, um, which is something that I didn't think at first she was that good at. Asuka was tremendous. I mean, the one specific mood move that I remember is she was in the corner setting up Becky, Bela um, sorry, Becky Lynch for a bulldog, and then she clotheslined Bianca Belair at the same time she did the bulldog. I, I mean, Becky Lynch was just Becky Lynch. This was a great match. A plus on my on my scorecard. Yep. Thank, thanks for tuning in, Gary. Um, Greg, I couldn't agree more. I mean, these these women gave us everything they had. This match could have won either anybody could have won this match. Just like that. They they came out, they put everything they had into this match. They gave us everything they had. And it was a match that did not disappoint. And, it's, and if this match doesn't 
get or get close to match of the year, then I'll be disappointed because this definitely deserves that honor. You've got three of the best on Raw, and they showed it. And WWE really, really hit the Grand Slam when they put that one first. Yeah, and I think the ending was perfect with the manhandle slam putting Oscar down and then Bianca doing the quote-unquote heel move by dragging Becky Lynch out, throwing her out of the ring, and just immediately pinning Asuka. Not trying yep. to pick Asuka up to do the KOD. Right. I think this is the first match I could ever remember. Bianca not performing the KOD at all. Right. Um, but I, I just everything about this match I loved. Yeah, so I give it an A-plus as well. Oh, okay. All right. Um, then after that, they went to the two-on-one handicap match. It was MVP and Omos taking on the almighty Bobby Lashley. What'd you think? Uh, kind of figured it was going to turn out the way it did. I mean, you know, Bobby Lashley's Bobby Lashley. I knew once he got his hands on MVP, the match was going to be over. You know, you get rid of Omos, get him out of the ring or something, incapacitate him a little bit. And then you got Bobby Lashley and Omos, uh, Bobby Lashley and MVP. And that's not even a matchup. I mean, I was, uh, I wasn't surprised, you know, like we talked off the air. I wasn't surprised that he won with the submission. I, I picked him for a pin, but um, he does have the hurt lock, and he did put it on uh, MVP, and it seems like MVP kind of submitted quickly because he knew, you know, what was going to happen if he stayed in it any longer. But the match went the way I thought it would. Um, you know, nobody really dominated anybody. You know, it was time to... You know, go back and forth. So, but I, I just wasn't uh, really, really impressed with the match. I gave it a C. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think we could. Anybody out there that that's listening or watching, or if you hear this later, might might agree that this was the, and I'll say, quote unquote, worst match on the pay per view, um, on the show. Um, we got what we exactly what we were supposed to get out of it. Um, you know, there was a little bit of offense by MVP. I mean, he, you know, showed that he still got some athletic ability when he, you know, kicked Bobby Lashley's face when Bobby Lashley was outside the rope and his foot was above the top rope. I mean, that that still shows something. Um, he wasn't just some old man gimping around and going through the. Um, Rick Del Santo, any independent news today? Uh, usually not when we do our recaps. We usually don't do anything other than just recapping the pay-per-view and then maybe talking a little bit about expectations um, recently. But we will be doing independent news on Wednesday on our show. Yes, we will. Yes, we should we have will. a bunch of that. Yep. Um, so, Rick, if you want to send me some, feel free to. And, uh, I mean, I gave this match a C+. Um, it was more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. Um, if you asked me beforehand, I expected a D plus a C- out of this. So I did get a little bit more out of it. Um, as I had said, Cedric Alexander um, got involved. Wasn't on behalf of MVP and Omos. Um, was on behalf of Lashley. So, you know, it's kind of what I figured was going to happen. Um, but yeah, like I said, I gave this match a C plus. Do you see that going anywhere eventually, Cedric Alexander and Bobby Lashley? No, I mean, I mean, Shelton hasn't been around. No, because he's injured. 
Um, yeah. And the thing is, is they had that little backstage segment later on in the show um, where Bobby Lassie said to him, you know, kind of thanked him and said, you know, keep it up, kid, and, you know, and said, but, you know, don't ever get involved in one of my matches again. So I, I don't... I don't know. I could see right. maybe something with him and MVP. God, hopefully not him and Omos. Um, because that would be like, you know, an elephant with a toothpick. Right. Alrighty. Um, the, the next match was KO against Ezekiel. Um, once again, we, you know, I mean, I predicted Kevin Owens was going to win. Um, uh, we're as a as a show. We were you know split fifty fifty on this. Um, I thought it was time for Kevin Owens to go over to, in my eyes, more than likely end this feud. Um, and, and once again, we got what we thought we were going to get out of it. Plus, some in my opinion. Um, yep. I mean, Ezekiel showed how well he could be in the ring. Kevin Owens is just Kevin Owens. I mean, once again, he he's probably one of the more underrated and underappreciated wrestlers um, just because of some of the things that he can do in the ring. I mean, for a guy, you know, yep. you know, not that he's a, he's not Otis big, but I mean, he, he's got that, you know, he's got that belly. That's why he wears that loose muscle shirt. He's not, right. quote-unquote, athletically built, but some of the things that he does in the ring just still still just amaze me. Um, right. I gave I gave this match a B. All right. Yeah, you know, like we're talking about you know the matches on the card and everything, and I didn't expect this match to be all that great, and it was. I thought it was a good match. You know, Kevin Owens, like you said, great talent. Ezekiel. Well, the jury's still out on that, but uh, I he's he's got some talent, got some skills. And, you know, the match was back and forth, back and forth, hard-hitting all the way. Uh, I I think this will probably be the last we see of these two. Or maybe not as, maybe we won't see as much of it now. But uh, right. I gave the match, I gave the match uh, a solid B. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that, we had the <clears throat> six-person tag match as it was Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan taking on Judgment Day, which comprises of, quote-unquote, the leader, Edge, with Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. What'd you think? Another another good match. Um, you know, everybody involved in this match has a storyline against each other, so that's what made, for me, that's what made the match really good. You know, because Damian Priest has had it out with Finn Balor, he's had it out with AJ Styles. Same thing with Edge. Uh, we know the story between Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. That just continues. Um, I was a little disappointed that, you know, a, a new member didn't join. But, you know, maybe that'll come down the road some ways. Um, but it was definitely a match that, you know, I enjoyed watching. I expected um, good action, hard-hitting action, a lot of good wrestling action. And we got it. I gave the match a B plus. Okay, um, I I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, I, I think Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley have worked so well together 
that it actually elevated Liv Morgan's performance in the ring. Um, Damian Priest, it looks like he's elevated himself a little bit more. I mean, and then the other three, I mean, Edge, AJ Styles, and Finn Balor are, are, are excellent wrestlers on their own. Um, right. You throw them all in the ring, and it could either be a disaster or a home run, and it was a home run. Um, this match was very entertaining from the very beginning to the very end. I, I liked how, you know, um, when Finn Balor was first up in the top, getting ready to do the coup de grace, Rhea Ripley stood there, and I was like, I, I'm, I'm still waiting because, I mean, Rhea Ripley's the, the, you know, same, almost the same size as Damian Priest. I mean, she's bigger than AJ Styles, bigger than Finn Balor, and I'm still wait. I was still waiting for that, you know, altercation to where, you know, she would have slugged one of the two guys. Um, but it didn't happen. Liv Morgan then attacked her. They kind of rolled out of the ring. Um, but you know, Edge winning with the spear at the end um, was was the right way to end it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with your grade and everything on this. Very entertaining match. I also gave it a B plus. And yep. And also, Ed didn't spend much time in the ring. He wanted to. He wanted to showcase Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. Yep. Yeah. He doesn't right. have to spend the most time right. in the ring. But was it was it me, or did he look like he was in a little bit better shape than I remember? Even at WrestleMania, he was a little bit more cut along the abs. Yeah. Um. So it looked like, you know, he had been, you know, focusing on getting rid of a little bit of that uh, dad bod effect. Yeah, well, that was my new workout video I sent. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he definitely did look uh, a little bit more cut. Definitely. And and the match was 16 and a half minutes long. um, And it didn't seem that long. It it, did, to me, just because of the action in it. It seemed like it was maybe a 10 to 12 minute long match. Um, but, like I said, it was 16 minutes and then 30 seconds long, so. Hold on. Alright. Alright, there we go. We're back. Oh, didn't know you left. <laughs> well, yeah, you, fro- you froze up and it said I lost connection, but now it said it's been restored. Oh, well, you never froze no. up on my end, so. Oh, alright. Well, Good. we're back. Okay. Alright, um, the next match was then the no-holds-barred match um, between Madcap and Corbin. Um, this match was really what a no-holds-barred match should be. A lot of times you get no-holds-barred match and, okay, this and that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But no, they, they went to holy hell on each other. Um, they beaten, battered, and bruised each other inside the ring, outside the ring. Um, you know, used chairs, steel steps, candlesticks. I mean, everything that they could, that they could possibly use. This was definitely... I actually thought this was going to be in the running for worst match on the card. Absolutely not. Um, I, I liked the entire match. There wasn't any part of the match. I was like, oh, God. Um, I, I gave this match a B. All right. Yeah. I mean, when I saw the match, I knew, I mean, I've even gone on record before saying Matt Cat Moss is not a bad wrestler. I mean, he do, he does have skills and now that he's been working out and he's, he's a lot more cut, now he can showcase his talents and not be a clown in the ring. 
and you know get down to get down to business with some of his opponents. It was definitely a match I enjoyed watching. I didn't think I would, but it was a match I definitely enjoyed watching. The outcome, I you know, was what I thought it was because I picked Matt Cat Moss to win, and um, I don't think I don't think this Matt this uh, feud is over yet between the two of them. You know, we'll probably see a couple more matches on SmackDown or maybe one more match. I don't know. I think this was it. I, I do. Um, my only fear is for Madcap Moss is I, I part of me has a feeling that he was so over with the crowd because of who he was feuding with, not because of him being an exciting talent. I right. just, you know, they... WWE's done this before. I mean, they've had people that, you know, they, they've been successful as a team. They separate them, and one flourishes and one flounders. Yep. I, I don't know how how well the crowd is going to do in supporting him much beyond his feud with Happy Corbin. Right, and I definitely gave the match the same grade you I gave it to be. Oh, Okay. Um, after that, we went to the only other title match on the card, um, as it was Theory defending his title against Mustafa, which I, I always thought it was Mustafa, but nope, apparently it's Mustafa, um, yeah. as they don't want it to sound like the lion from the Lion King, Musafa, so it's Mustafa oh, wow. Ali. Um, yeah. You're up. I thought it was a decent match, um. We got what we we got what we I thought what I thought we were going to get out of it. Um, I knew Theory was still going to retain. He's too early for him to lose the title yet. But with that being said, Ali is making a pretty good pitch to you know hold the title eventually. His skills have have improved. He just needs I think he just needs to get a little bit better on the mic. But um, I. I wasn't disappointed watching the match. I mean, it was a lot of good action, good wrestling, you know, good slugging it out with each other. Disappointed Pat McAfee wasn't there, but that, that would have made the match a little bit more interesting with his commentary. Yeah, but he doesn't do commentary his, uh, for Monday Night Raw at all, so he wasn't going to be there. Oh, yeah, that's true. But um, but I, I gave the match a B-. minus. Oh, Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say I loved this match, but I really liked it a lot. Um, I had said when they wrestled, the, for a few minutes they wrestled, um, on Monday Night Raw that I really wanted to see them get a good decent amount of time in the ring. They went ten and a half minutes, and ten minutes and twenty-seven seconds of it was exciting. Um, and enjoyable to watch. Um, hold on. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, and and I I you know was was happy to see the products they put out. Um, I would have given. <laughs> oh, thank you. Jeez, um, I would have given the match um, a B. But I'm going to elevate that to a B plus because 
I thought I was certain in my head, and I almost went with it as my unadvertised surprise that I, that Chad Gable and or Otis were going to get involved, whether it was just going to be coming down to the ring, distraction, whatever. But because this was a clean one-on-one match and a clean one-on-one victory, no underhandedness, no holding of the tights, holding of a rope, he beat Ali with his finishing move. I'll ele- elevate it to a B plus. Okay. Yeah, you don't see that. Uh, you don't see that too often nowadays. No, you don't, and, and and especially with the track record that Theory has had with Ali, right. with the Miz being involved and this and that. So that's why I'll, I'll bump it up that little that little extra. Alrighty. Then we went to the main event: Cody Rhodes against Seth Rollins in Hell in a Cell. Um, there had been reports all day yesterday saying that Cody Rhodes had injured himself. Um, some of the reports were conflicting, and they opened up pretty much on the uh, pre. You know their pre-show or kickoff show, and addressed it right away that Cody Rhodes slightly injured himself on Monday, and then when working out on Friday, totally um, tore away the tendon and muscle of his pectoral muscle against of, of the bone, and he was still gonna wrestle. What did you think of the match? It's like, oh my God! I said, this guy has got to be. This guy's got to be in tremendous pain. And nobody saw it. Nobody yep. knew what and it looked his, like. And his performance, basically, he beat Cody. Basically, he beat Seth Rollins one-handed. And I mean, he 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 raised the right hand, you know, once in a while to move it around and and everything else. But it was a hell in a cell match. It was a brutal match. I mean, you know, Seth Rollins definitely exploited the pectoral muscle. He knew what he knew what he was doing. Kudos goes out to Cody Rhodes because I I would have never, regardless of how long he'd been in the business, I would have never been able to perform like that. And that that pain is must have been unbelievable. Um, we obviously know he's got to have surgery to repair it, but we don't know how long that's going to take. How long he's going to be out? Um, when it happens, we wish him a speedy recovery. This was the second match on the card that I gave an A to. And definitely deserved it. It was definitely two of the best. I really think this will, well, even without the injury, I really think this is going to be the end of these two Yeah. for now. And um, let Seth, you know, let, let them put Seth against somebody else, let Cody have a surgery and, you know, rehab and then come back and, Go from there. So I definitely gave it an A. Okay. Um, my when when I first heard of the injury, um, I I did my my Google search um, because I, my first thought was why why would WWE's doctors even think about letting this man right. be in this match? Um, what was that? Mr. 24-7 had joined us. Oh, okay. Um, and the, the one thing that I did find 
um, is that, I mean, you tear the muscle and the tendon away from the bone, it's painful. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but you, you can't tear the, bu- the, the, the muscle and the tendon away from the bone more. Once you tear it away, it, it, it's gone. It's, it's away from the bone. So you're not going to hurt it worse. Um, we have seen other wrestlers tear their pectoral muscles and finish their matches. Um, Triple H, who, you know, I pictures the exact same thing. His bruising wasn't as bad, but the bruising was right here and then right in his arm, uh, just going into the armpit. Um, and then Edge against Randy Orton. He tore his pectoral muscle. Um, didn't really see it until, you know, or even know about it until the next day. Um, so it, it's just a matter of dealing with the pain. Um, the pain can be excruciating. And it, I think this match only was as great as it was because of the injury. Um, and what he had to overcome to win it. Um, breaking up the, the gym bag that had the bull rope in it. Um, with with the, the cowbell on it. I mean... You know, but everything about this match was entertaining. Seth Rollins coming out in in the big, you know, yellow polka dotted outfits, you know, like Dusty used to wear, um, was great. The reaction of the crowd and, and how just dead silent that loud ass crowd went after Cody Rhodes took his jacket off was just, I mean, you could have heard a mouse fart. And yeah. it would have echoed in, in, in that place. Um, I I also gave this match an A. Okay. Now you mentioned before during the during your um, your analysis of the match there that Triple H and Randy Orton No Edge uh, Triple H and Edge tore their pectoral muscle and finished the match. Yes. Now Cody Rhodes came in with an already torn no, I know. I right. I know. So is there, I mean, is there a difference? I mean, or does, I mean, I'm sure it still hurts a lot, but I I have no idea. Oh. I I have no idea. I've never torn my pectoral muscle. Thank God. Uh, I I've never did either, and I probably don't want to. No, definitely don't want to. I got enough problems. Um, and I, I mean, part of me was when it was happening. I mean, I picked Cody Rhodes to win my pin. Um, a little part of me was like, well, you know what? Maybe it would be better if Seth Rollins won. Then he could brag that he beat Cody Rhodes. And then when Cody Rhodes comes back after surgery and and everything, he could have that one final match with Seth Rollins um, to quote-unquote end their feud. Yeah. Um, but either way, I mean, I know after the match, after the the show ended, he grabbed the microphone, addressed the crowd, um, said he was going to be quick, but he will, um, speak yesterday. He said, I'll speak more about this tomorrow night, meaning he will talk about this on Monday Night Raw. Um, but he said, and he made it very clear to the audience that it was a hundred percent his decision to compete in this match. That he went, you know, 
when he was backstage, he told them, I want to compete in this match. These folks paid good money to see this main event. I want to make that happen for them. So it wasn't WWE's decision. Um, And then obviously, like I said, because, you know, once you've torn your muscle away from the bone, it can't get worse. You can't tear it away from the bone more. There's nothing there. It's just, you know, flapping against the bone and you just have to deal with the pain. And it is nothing that you can let heal with rest. You have to have it surgically reattached back to the bone. You know, they open you up, put a little bit of Gorilla Glue in there, and then hold it. (laughs) Your little duct tape in there or something. Okay, count to ten. (laughs) But, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, definitely kudos to Cody Rhodes. That was uh, a very... Very brave decision on his part. He gave the fans what they wanted. He didn't want to let anybody down. And getting back to what you said, I think it would have been, I think it would have been interesting if they had Seth Rollins win, because then when Cody would come back, it would make the feud that much more enticing. Right. But I don't know. That's just the way they do business, I guess. You're excused. Thank you. But your overall grade. Uh, B plus. Second, in my opinion, second best pay-per-view of the year. My overall grade? Definitely, I'm agreeing with you a thousand percent, B plus. And for WWE to get two good grades overall in two straight pay-per-views, that's saying something. Yep. And and once again, I think a bigger part of me was that made, made it more surprising was the fact that this was six matches were Monday Night Raw talent. When Monday Night Raw has really, you know, bit the dog's butt. Um, Right. So, I mean, this truly showed what Monday Night Raw could be if they focused more on the matches and the wrestlers, not Miz TVs and backstage segments and all this other crap that they throw on Monday Night Raw. Definitely, I mean, it's definitely something that I would love to see performances like that on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. You know, don't mm. don't save it just for premier live events. Save it for your show every week. Right. Right. So, so I'm sure tonight on Monday Night Raw, obviously, you know, I think we'll see something with Becky and or Bianca um, referencing, you know, Bianca stealing her win. Um, I think we will see another member of Judgment Day being announced tonight. Um, maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I would think tonight, you know, after the premium live event, they'll, they'll announce somebody else. And then obviously, I think Cody Rhodes will get his moment in in the spotlight to uh, say, hey, folks, you know, I you know, got this injury here and got to go get it fixed. But, you know, I'll be back. Come down to Cody in the corner, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so now we're coming up on Money in the Bank. Yep. It's a Saturday, which um, will be interesting because they don't have too many Saturday pay-per-views. No, it, it and, will be interesting. And uh, Money in the Bank is always quite interesting because when you got a Money in the Bank ladder match and you got people just 
falling from the top of one ladder onto another. It, yes. Regardless if it gives or not, there's times where I'm like, Ooh, even that hurt, that hurt me. Yep. You know? You, you can't, uh, you know, like everybody used to tell me, it's not the fall that gets you, it's that sudden stop at the end. Right. And once you hit that ladder, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about it. And right. I'm expecting a good money in the bank on both sides, men's and women's. But who they have participating in it, right? that's another story. Right, exactly. I mean, yep. obviously it's, it's an, an easier choice for you to, to think about the women that are going to be in it because there's a lot fewer women on the roster than there are men. Um, if they do four and four, um, you would figure four from Raw, four from SmackDown. You could choose any of the women from the six-pack challenge that were on SmackDown. Um, and then once again, I mean, Monday Night Raw, I mean, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, I mean, those two, you got to figure are definitely going to be in it. Um, I don't know, maybe Dana Brooke, you know. Um, expect maybe two, one that's already returned in Lacey Evans and one that could possibly be returning in Bailey. Um, but as far as the men, I mean, it's, I mean, tons of people, right, right. But I mean, who would your, I mean, who do you think your, you know, like top two contenders, um, right now that you would like to see um, in both the men's and the women matches be? Uh, the women, I would say Rhea, Rip- Rhea Ripley. Now you want one from each show? Whatever you want. doesn't matter to me. All right. Rhea Ripley and... I'd like to go... I'd like to see Rhea Ripley and... Raquel, Raquel Rodriguez. Oh, okay. And then for the men, I would like to see Drew McIntyre and uh, I'd probably have to say Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles. Okay. Alright. I was going to put one of the champions in there, but I didn't think it would... Uh, what do you mean? I think they. I was going to say maybe Drew, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. But Roman Reigns. The champion. Right. Because the champion not competed in Money in the Bank ladder matches before, mm, haven't they? No. Oh, I thought they have. No, because it's a it's an opportunity oh. to challenge, an open challenge against, well, technically either, of the belts, but right now Roman right. Reigns has both. Um, right. So as far as the men goes, I mean, I, I, I honestly think Drew McIntyre is the odds-on favorite to win, um, and then I could see him taking that briefcase and announcing ahead of time that he's going to use that opportunity to shout, you know, to take on Roman Reigns at Clash the Castle. Um, so I think coming up to that, we'll see Roman Reigns maybe and say, you know, I'm not, you know, you haven't done enough to, to challenge me, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, 
The other one that I would, I mean, this goes without saying, the other person I'd like to see um, would be Seth Rollins. I think he would be that 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 good person to quote unquote haunt Roman Reigns um, or Randy Orton. One of the two of them I would like to see. As far as the women, um, once again, it's one briefcase, and you could challenge either champion, either Ronda Rousey or Bianca Belair. And I totally agree. I think Rhea Ripley could be that person. Um, I think that would also help Judgment Day. Um, But the other that I would like to see is one of the best, recently one of the best heels that's been in the WWE on the women's side, and that would be Bayley. Because she could, you know, go back and forth. Um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't mind the Raquel Rodriguez. Um, I just think she's a little too new to to be putting that. I, I'd like to see, you know, I know you don't, and that's the argument about it. Do you need to give a Drew McIntyre um, or a Bailey a briefcase when they're already just a step away from being in a championship title right. match? Yeah, um, they're, but, already, they're already uh, main event wrestlers anyway. Right, but when you look back at, say, when Otis got the briefcase, it was a disaster. It was because it was seen as a joke of somebody yep. that was never going to win a title. So you almost have to put it on a credible opponent. Right. Yep. So like we said, Money in the Bank is going to be July Saturday, July 2nd. I guess that's going to be coming from California. Mm-mm. No? Vegas. Oh, Vegas. They moved it from Allegiant Stadium to the NGM Grand Arena. Oh, okay. So, it's always a, a, a pay-per-view that uh, I've enjoyed watching over the years. You know, like I said, it's a brutal pay-per-view. A lot yeah. of hard-hitting, a lot of, a lot of ladders being used. And, yeah, I'm a lot. You know, I like, the part, I like the part when they bring the ladders in early, because then they get used in the matches early. Right, right. And we'll have to uh, see what trivia's mobility aspect is at that point. Um, with it being on a Saturday, he's definitely more than willing and more than welcome to, you know, come here to watch it. Um, you know, watch it on my 55-inch screen yeah. TV rather than his 4-inch screen phone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I thank you. Uh, trivia has always enjoyed going to the Nuxer's Palatial Estate. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was... It was an overall tremendous pay-per-view. Yes. What's going to happen yep. tonight on Monday Night Raw? We don't know. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've heard and, and you know, seen people that said that they thought the whole injury with Cody Rhodes was a work. Um, and they they stained his arm to make it look like oh, the injury um, because of the whole CM Punk you know, injury and him being the champion and... And this was WWE's way to counter CM Punk being injured and having to, to you know, take time away. And, and I'm like, shut up. There was, it, Anybody you know. Anybody who said something like that doesn't know shit about wrestling. Right, right. Talk like a man, talk, talk like a man with a paper asshole. Come on. That, that's stupid. That, that's a legitimate injury. I, I could just picture somebody back there with a paint gun. Okay, Cody. 
you know, move the arm, you know? That's stupid. Legitimate injury, and we want to wish him the best in his recovery. Yeah. So, because it's going to take some, it's going to take a while, I guess, to get back. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember how long, I mean, I remember pictures of Triple H, um, in the hospital after having surgery in a hospital gown. I don't remember how long Edge was out. Um, I, I know there was, you know, that that was stated that, you know, because of his age, um, his recuperation time might be a little longer. But, I mean, Cody right. Rhodes is, and, and Edge are around the same age. I mean, they're not too far off yep. age-wise. So I don't, right. I, don't, I don't know if it's six to eight weeks or six to nine months. I don't recall... Right. How long he's going to be out for? Um, yeah. But he was probably the number one contender to win Money in the Bank, and obviously, there ain't no way in hell he's going to be at Money in the Bank. No, not at all. So, but you know, like I said, that was our uh, that was our recap of Hell in a Cell. We got a little bit. We really not much to talk about with Money in the Bank because there's no matches that have been decided yet. So, but anything else you want to add about the pay-per-view? No, nope. I mean, it was it was a tremendous show. The crowd was in it from beginning to end, as they usually are in Chicago anyway, which is a good wrestling, good wrestling city. So, but yeah, like I said, we'll have to see what's going to happen with Monday Night Raw tonight. And, um, you know, hopefully they'll give us a good show. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Or this afternoon to check us out. So on behalf of the Nugget of Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report, saying thank you everybody and we'll catch you on Wednesday. And thank you for joining us for another edition of Top Rope Report. Tune in Wednesday to hear our thoughts of Monday Night Raw.